Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A Dadsnet original podcast. Sort the smoke alarm out. Because <laughs> it's really, really pissing me off. I've just warmed, I've just warmed the back of my legs on, on the heater and it's really hot. <laughs> and now the smoke alarm's going off. Not smoke oh. coming off my legs. Well, at least we've got a heater now. You know, it took a while, but we got it eventually. Um, I'm Al, that's JK, and this is the JK and Al Show. And today we've got a special episode because... We had such a good interview yeah. with someone that we're not going to do anything else no. because this interview needs its own space because he he just goes into so much detail about so many aspects of his life from fatherhood to his career. There's the smoke alarm again. To <laughs> so many different elements. So, I mean, do we want to mess about here or should I just, without further ado? <laughs> um, I mean, without further ado, um, do we... Do we need to talk about the story behind? Because he he talks about a story, but mm. there's no backstory. I, I I know that basically he was subject to awful, awful racist abuse, both on the pitch, from fans in stadiums, and obviously on on social media. Um, and he therefore for for a long, long time, you know, kept silent and didn't say anything and then and then came out and then it kind of went through a court system and a court process um, and um, successfully. But he's, he's done a documentary around it. Yes. So there is a full link, you know, we'll link to that full documentary. But um, It's one of the, it's one of the best chats I think we've had. He's, he's phenomenal, an interesting character and a great guest, as you'll hear, uh, Anton Ferdinand. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Uh, welcome back to JK and Al. This one's exciting because we've got Anton Ferdinand, ex-Premier League football player in the studio with us this doesn't usually happen actually <laughs> usually we're on zoom and it's it's fine zoom's fine like since covid and stuff zoom's fine but it's much better to be in person so welcome to the show well, thank you for having me thank you uh, i mean let's if it's okay with you let's just pick up on the conversation we were just having before the mics were rolling yeah definitely because we were just talking about getting your kids into football um because you have your own uh is it an academy yeah football group yeah. football group 
Um, so tell us a bit about that. And then, you know, because your ethos around your approach to that sounds very different to the ones that I'm certainly experienced to. Yeah, I mean, um, so it's called Ferdinand Football Group, uh, initially based in, in Essex. Uh, Billericay, Chelmsford, Farrock, um, Wickford, Basildon, you know, um, Malden. Mm. You know, so we're, we're fast across uh, Billericay. I'm fast across Essex, sorry. Um, but we franchise and we've just opened one in, in Gravesham. Okay. Uh, we're just about to open one in Leicester. We're just about to open one in, wow. in inner London, in East London. Um, and we've had inquiries from Manchester, Liverpool and a further afield. Um, so yeah, it's going really, really well. But the main reason why I set up uh, Ferdinand Football Group is since retiring, I've understood that football can give you so many skills that you can transfer over into different sectors and into life as, as a whole. Yeah. Um, when you're in it, you don't realise that, you know, uh, work ethic, it don't feel like a work ethic because it's fun yeah. and you love what you're doing, you know, and you're in a footballing bubble. So you don't see it as work ethic, you know, but that work ethic, discipline, people skills, which is most important. I think, especially for kids today, yeah. people skills is, is something that, that a lot of kids lack because they're always on their tablet, yeah. always on their phone. You know, um, so to sit and have a conversation, like an example, I'll give you an example. Within our, our academy side of, of the football group, um, which is where it's a little bit more serious. Um, if your child is not playing, it's not for the parent to ask the question. It's for the child to ask the question. Right. Because that is a skill that you need yeah. in life. When your kid goes, it gets into the big bad world and they're working, you as a parent can't go to their boss and go, excuse me, why didn't my kid get that assignment? Yeah. Mm. Your child has to go and ask that question. And it's putting that in place now so they feel comfortable and confident enough to go and ask questions. But where you can help them as a parent and where I mean about creating a person is when your child goes to the coach and says, why, why is it I ain't doing this and I ain't doing that? Why am I not playing as much yeah. as, as the others? Well, listen, son. You need to work on this, 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 this. What are your, What is your child now going to do with that information? Yeah. Now you can help nurture as a parent and go, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. How, okay. <laughs> In theory, that sounds perfect, yep. like, but there must be parents. I mean, I, I was saying I coach um, Ted's football team. Yep. And, uh, you know, actually we're very fortunate to have really nice parents. Uh, but obviously you come against teams where you kind of get the, the pushy parents and whatever else. What happens when you, you're you up against, like the kid's fine, like he's okay, he gets it, he's asked the question. But what happens when the parent then is not okay, so... Okay, so, so we, we, do, we do parents' evenings Amazing. as well. Like, so every six to 12 weeks depends on on what part of the syllabus that we're enforcing at the time. You know, we do uh, parents' evenings where as a parent, you can ask questions that you want to mm. ask. But also not just that, not at them times. If a parent has a grievance or a parent's got a thought process, football is a game of opinions. Yeah. This is what makes football what it is because everyone's got a different opinion and everyone thinks they're right. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. And we'll come on to your punditing in a minute. Exactly. So <laughs> when you as a parent have an issue or you have a way of the way that you see the game mm. what go to the go to the coach and, and ask the question yeah like voice not every week but yeah as and when you see fit like an example a couple of weeks ago i played in Premier League, but a couple of weeks ago my my, my son came on up front yeah. but he's not a full he's not a striker he plays left wing he play he plays left wing predominantly yeah and he don't really know what he's doing up front and I'm looking at it as a dad and I'm looking like, why is he putting him on up there? He don't know what he's doing. Like, why is he putting him on up there? But we're losing the game 1-0. And we went on to win the game 3-1. And afterwards, I went to the coach and I said, like, what was your thought process? No, you had a player playing left, left wing who could play up front and my son and Flynn could have played on the left. And Anton, there was a boy at the back who kept running out with the ball. And that's how they scored their first goal. Flynn, I knew because of the way he is and the way he plays the game, wouldn't allow him to do that, mm. which essentially allowed us to go and win the game. 
Right. When he said that, my argument was done. Yeah. My opinion no longer mattered because he was right. Yeah. Were you gutted that you didn't pick that up though? No, I wasn't because, as I said, I was there as a dad. I'm yeah. not there as yeah. a, when I go and watch my son. I'm not there as a coach. I'm there as a father. Yeah. And and it's important to separate the two. I don't look at tactics when I'm watching my son play yeah, football. You're just don't being proud. You just, just exactly, it. exactly. It's because we've all seen those other dads on the sideline, haven't we? That are, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's different for me because the pressure that it's different for my family because the pressure that our kids are under yeah. is different to anybody else's. You know, so I think it's important to 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 be yeah. a dad, and a lot of lessons that I've taken from my dad, and this is what happened with the with Fernand Football Group. We've had open nights where, especially before the academy, we had an open night before the academy, gave them their kits and stuff. And I done a talk and I just said to the parents, this is based on living experience, not based on, mm. on, on fresh air or this might work for you. It's worked for my parents, because there's two of us that have played in the Premier League, not yeah. one, there's yeah. two. Yeah. So what they've done must have had some type of yeah, a positive effect right. on us. Yeah. And my dad used to stand there and my mum st- and not say a word. Yeah. Only time they ever said anything is if we weren't working hard enough. Mm. If the work ethic was low, I'd hear. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned the pressure on your kids because of who you are and your brother are. What's, how do you manage that? Is it just by staying quiet? Like, how do you, how do they feel? What if they turn around and say, I don't want to play anymore? Is that, that's their I choice? I don't care. Yeah. Like, honestly, listen. I'd be sitting in line if I said, I don't want my son to be a footballer. Of course I want him to be mm. a footballer, but he's got to want to be it, not me. It's not because I want him to be one. He's got to want to do yeah. it, you know? Um, but I'm very much of the the thought process of whatever it is that you want to do in life, all of my kids, my daughter, both my sons, if they want to be footballers, go for it. If you don't want to be a footballer, as long as you work hard at it, mm. And you go out every day and do the best you possibly can. I'm happy. Mm. And so, as I said, I know before was before we was um, recording, zero point zero five percent make it as footballers, but every kid wants to be a footballer. Yeah. Mm. So as parents, we're like, what are we actually doing? Put, we're sending our kids into something that's nearby impossible to achieve. Yeah. But again, I use it as a way to teach him life skills. Yeah. Example. Um, he would go outside he's left footed my oldest son left footed Flynn he would go outside and he would bang 100 balls into the back of the net be sweating do a little skill bang it in the net sweating he'll be going for an hour and he'll come and I'll be watching him from the window and he'll come and he'll dad's worked so hard look at this sweat I've worked hard now, <laughs> and I will go that's not hard work that's not what you've just done there ain't hard work and he go yeah but look dad I'm sweating and this is like when he's like six and I'm going but it's not hard work that's what you've done there ain't hard work and waiting for him to ask why so I'd never prompt him I'd never prompt a a, a why so I cannot like just waiting for him to say why so because he, he's asking the question because mm. he wants to know not not me getting him to ask the question yeah, because yeah. I want him to know because he needs to be ready to hear it so he's like, why is that not hard work? But I'm sweating. Why is it not hard work? And I said, because you're good at that. You're left-footed mm. and you're hitting the ball 100 times with your left foot. Go and do it with your right foot. And when you get through 100 balls on your right foot, then I'll say it's hard work. And yeah. the reason being is because there's going to become there's gonna come a point where it becomes boring because you're no longer successful with it. Success takes away the boredom. Mm. When something, you're not successful at something, it becomes boring very, very quickly. But to become better, you have to fight through that that um, that bit of boredom. Yeah, I said, and then again, using football as the analogy to go, like your times tables. Mm. You're brilliant at your twos, you're brilliant at your fives, brilliant at your sevens. What about your nines? Were you in my house yesterday? That's exactly what we were doing. <laughs> but but, it, but it's that thing. Yeah. Like, what about your nines? You always go back to your twos, your fives, your sevens, because you know you're good at them. Yeah. And that's what, uh, that's what you're, you're, you're built mm. to do. But hard work is going over the nines over and over again, repetition. It becomes boring because you don't know it because you're not successful at it. But if you get through that period of boredom, one thing I can guarantee you, 
you will know it or you'll be better at it. Mm. But I was using football as the analogy where, where it's fun for him and it's probably easier for him to get through that 100 footballs than it is to actually go and do the nine timetable. Mm. But using that so he understands hard work, there's going to be some boredom in, involved in hard work, hard work. But to get better, I have to fight through that that stage and that period of boredom. Mm. And it's just like little things like that, which is the reason why Fernand Football Group it, it, yeah. exists, it exists. Did your dad teach you that? Is that what you've learned from him? Or is that what you've learned from your own experience? Of- I've, I've learned, it's a bit about, I've learned that through my own experience, but also my dad, and I, we say this a lot, I say this a lot when speaking to parents, my dad used football to make sure that I understood there's always more that you can do. There's always more in you to come out. Like I, I use this all the time. I'd play a game for West Ham. The coach is saying to me, oh, you was unbelievable, Anton. I'm playing like two years up. So I'm under nines, but I'm playing under 11s. Mm. And or I was, I was under 10s playing under 13s or whatever, under 11s playing under 13s. And the coach is saying to me, oh, Anton, you like, and I knew I was good. I knew I played well. Like, you was brilliant. So I've gone from the, the the dressing room where the coach has gone, you were brilliant, you didn't do that, you done this, you done that, you didn't put a foot wrong, Anton. Obviously, my dad ain't said a word on the sideline. Get in the car. How do you think you played, Anton? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I thought I played well. And he'll go, you could have done this better, though. Mm. You could have done that. And at the time, you as a kid, you'd be thinking like, Coach has told me. Yeah. That, like, so then sometimes I go, yeah, but the manager said, he, yeah, but the manager didn't watch you since you was six years old. I have. And I know, although I don't know tactically what's going on, I know that technically you're good at that. I know that mm. passing, your passing is very good. I know that you're good at this, you're good at that. But I'd like to see a bit more. So he never ever allowed me to rest on my laurels. It was always, yeah, okay, yeah, you have done well, mm. but you could have done this and you could have done that. And it's a harsh, it's a harsh lesson, but it's a lesson that I think you need in life because if you stop it there, you're never going to know where the ceiling is. Yeah, it's it, it, it's like the the argument that goes around around um like a participation medals and like third place you still get an award and yeah. those kinds of See, things. I don't believe in all of that. Yeah. No, well, you've come oh. to the right place. But we're setting, with that men- mentality, we're setting, I personally, my personal opinion, mm. we're setting up, our, we're setting our kids up to foul mm-hmm. and to, or to be mediocre. Yeah. Or not to realise their potential. Yeah. Because to get the best out of yourselves, even now as big men, to get the best of yourself, you need some type of competition. Mm. You, need to, you need to compete against something, whether it's your own mind, whether it's something you can see, something you can't, you need to compete against something yeah. to get the best. When there's pressure, you get, like me personally, I need pressure. Mm. If I don't have pressure, I'm not as good as, as probably what I could be. Did you have, where, did, where was that pressure for you in your career when you made it? Uh, you were playing at West Ham. Where was that pressure? Like, who were you competing against? I was against, I was against myself, but the pressure of being Rio's brother from the age of nine till the day I hung my boots up mm. at 34 years old was was always there. Um, which is why, after, after speaking about the way my dad was, I'm almost going to contradict myself now in terms of my career. Like, I should have played for England. Rio says it when I've done his podcast, like I should have played for England 50 times, but I mm. didn't because I wasn't consistent enough. But it's only as I've got older, I've realised about what my dad was doing. It helped me in that initial part to get there. But when I became Anton Ferdinand and not Rio's brother, because of that was such a big achievement for me, yeah. personally, because I'd been under that pressure since... Sorry, since being nine years old, I just relaxed because I, I've done it. You made it. I've done it. I've actually, the biggest achievement I can have, which is to become Anton Ferdinand, not Rio's brother, mm. I've actually, I've done it. 
And it was, I sit here now, like even now, why didn't I use that skill that my dad installed in me mm-hmm. to go, there's more, there's more. Yeah. But I'm sitting happy with, with what I've achieved. Yeah, of course. So you not know? only you had to, you know, look at the football signing things, but you had to look at what was happening around you almost internally, didn't you? Yeah. That you're having that battle with. Um, yeah, it was that's, a that's, it was a battle, by the yeah. way. Like and I'm probably more protective over my kids over my kids when it comes to football than Rio is, because Rio don't know the feeling of being in someone's shadow as I do. Mm. You know, and and how is how's that dynamic played out? Like have you, you know, you, you grew up feeling like you was in his shadow, Had, but you've got a good relationship. Yeah. And presumably, I mean, brothers bicker all the time. Oh, yeah. Of course. Me and my, I remember so many stuff with my brother throwing stuff, hitting each other. But of course there was that. But was there any kind of, have you always been quite open with each other? And like, or has it been more like there's that unspoken element to growing up and, and your careers and things? No, we're like seven years different. So the gap's, quite big um, the respect level the big brother little brother relationships there you know um, he was my idol but also my brother which made it hard as well which made yeah. it difficult um, but it's more I think there's that that proudness that I was able to achieve what he not what he achieved but be able to to achieve to become a professional footballer, yeah. knowing how hard it is to become one. He knows how hard it is to become one. Mm. But I didn't rest on my laurels. I wanted to become one. Mm. And I had my own reasons why I wanted to become one. And I was able to do it, you know. And it's now transferring that from football to now being retired and finding something else and now go and do it, which is the hardest part. Yeah. You know? I, I think we should touch on that because that is such... You know, it's such a short career for, for many. And I've heard various stories from from professionals and not just in the football in the industry, you know, rugby. Um, I've I've chatted to David Seaman about this. You know, he was he, he talked Arsenal about it openly. Legend. Yeah. We were actually sat around his man built lake fishing, which is very random. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it is it's such a harsh truth when it's when it's coming and when you know it's coming. How did you deal with the fact that it was starting to, to end. So I, I'm, I'm, I sit here lucky um, because I had businesses set up um, which allowed me to walk from football into them businesses um, and having a fantastic agency who started talking to me about retirement at 26, 27. So that's the secret, isn't it? Mm. Like to, and I didn't want to hear it. If I'm sitting here, honestly, why are you talking to, why are you talking to me about mm. what am I going to do when I finish playing football? I'm playing football now. Stop talking to me. I don't want to hear it. Mm. The difference is my agents have played football. They know it. They lived it. It's a living experience. And one thing you can't do, you, it's, it's hard to question someone's personal living experience. Even if you think it's a load of rubbish, that's their living experience. I respect it. Yeah. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was able to go from football to being a mentor within the agency, mentoring to, to players that we have within our agency. Some play in the Premier League, some don't, some mm-hmm. play in the low league, some are, are youth team players coming through. Um, but giving them my experiences to try and help them not make the mistakes that I made. Yeah as a footballer, whether it be off the pitch, whether it be on the pitch. And if you look me up, you see I made a lot of mistakes off the pitch and on the pitch. Um, but making sure now living through them, living, seeing them successful and seeing them fam- their families having an unbelievable time. Because it is an unbelievable ride mm. when you're successful within football. And as, as I'm sure it is when you're su- successful in anything that you do. It's an unbelievable journey. But to, to play a small part in some of these athletes, some of these football players' journey, that's what I live for now, mm. you know, uh, away from my family, away from my kids yeah. and my wife. Your that's wife, what I career. live for. And, and you know, and, and obviously, Ferdinand Football Group, as I said, the, the ethos of Ferdinand Football Group, which is an, uh, 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 another business of mine, is to help create the person, to help 
parents create a good human being. Mm. Like we've got over fifteen hundred kids. We're what are we? We're coming up. We're I think we're about a year and a half. Um, wow! In and we've got like that's huge. Fifteen hundred kids. The message is the message and the product. Mm. The message is, listen, we want all 1,500 of you to be footballers, but the reality, mm. are you? No. But if we can, if one of you make it, we've done well. Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. If one of you make it, we've done well. But if we've, out of 1,500 kids, we've created 250, 300 good human beings to go into society and be successful somewhere else, as far as I'm concerned, throwing our football groups a success. Yeah. yeah. So let's create the person and the footballer will follow. Yep. You can't create the footballer and the person follows. I don't agree in that. Mm. Because again, you're setting your kid up to foul. Mm. You're setting that kid that comes through our doors at Ferdinand Football yeah. to foul in life if they don't make it as a footballer. So let's create a person with a work ethic and discipline and people skills to go and use that across any sector that they want to be involved in. The people skills thing is really important as well. I remember, well, I'm sure as we all do, when we were growing up being in football clubs, you know, I was in an under 10s or whatever it was. And it wasn't necessarily about the football. It was definitely about the friendships. It was the journey. It was the highs. It was the lows. It was the car journey there. We would listen to Queen. We are the champions. Yeah. You know what I mean? The football, actually, if I think about it now, probably... It's minuscule. It's a small part. Tiny bit. Yeah. But everything else around it, you know, and also the guy that was teaching us at the time, he was probably in his 30s, 40s, and his dad was there, who we used to call granddad. Mm. And you think about those social yep. skills that you got and, and what they were teaching you. Yeah, I think this it's is... It's just a different way now. Yeah. As you were talking about that kind of discipline and that respect, it, it kind of brought to mind, um, I guess, quite a, a dark area of what you had to deal with in your career in terms of racism. And I guess like now you're in a situation where effectively when we put our kids out into the world, we put them out into a place where they might get some sort of discrimination. Discrimination. Mm -hmm. How are you preparing your kids and also the kids at football, uh, um, Ferdinand Football Group? How are you preparing them for what you had to face? And obviously your experience is, is probably um, well positioned to be able to speak to them about it. Yeah, I think. It's one of the reasons why I've done the documentary is it gives my kids a reference. I'm not always going to be here. Mm. You know, so that's the nature of life. Um, but my kids will always have something and kids out there who don't have parents to, to, to guide them or parents who don't know how to guide them, the documentary was made in a way where they, they can reference to it. Mm. You know, and, and a big thing is not feeling alone. And I, I, I make it very clear that I felt alone throughout the time of, of, of the incident and, and the aftermath of, of the incident and stuff that happened to me um, off the football pitch in relation to the incident. Um, it's just really being open, being able to be open and honest. So whoever's watching the documentary can use it as a, a reference point is to go, mm. one, I don't feel, Anton feel alone, but this is making me feel like he knows what I'm going through. Yeah. So you no longer feel alone. Yeah, it's weird. When you know that a lot of people feel alone, you don't feel alone. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you're, all, you're all together in your feeling of loneliness. Exactly. And, and the biggest thing for me in that, in the process of making a documentary, was... This talking to to a female footballer in Rene Hector who got racial abuse on the pitch and dealt with it completely different to me. She spoke out, I didn't. Um, but we both felt alone. And talking to to the the therapist D, and she was saying when she said that loads of people feel like this, you automatically see like so much weight come from my shoulders. And it's like you said, we talk about the football bubble. Yes, my, my situation was heightened bigger than anybody else's. But there's people that are in the working place every day that are dealing with this and they might want to have a voice, but they just solely can't have a voice mm. because of their working environment. Mm. Do you wish that you had spoken up 
yeah much sooner or immediately yeah. even yeah definitely i do and hindsight is a beautiful thing you know and and but it's talking up in the right way mm. you know um i think as ethnic minorities we're we're stereotyped to speak out in a certain way mm -hmm. which helps the narrative but don't help us yeah you know and 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 as much as I was always told you can't speak up because it will harm and hinder the court case. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, everything was, mm. you can't, you can't, you know? And, and there was times where I wanted to and times where I was going to and just go like, forget, like F this, I'm, I'm going mm. for it. But it was always, there was always, you got to think the actual court case and the FA's um, findings and their own, investigation we're talking like 10 months yeah do you know what i mean so mm. it's like i was always for them them that period of time told you can't speak can't speak but then the other side of me i was scared to speak because i did feel alone and um going back to your question in terms of my my children my my son who's old enough he's nine now um He's watched it a few times, and and the first time I first time I watched it was the day that it came out, and he watched it. Then he wanted to watch it again. Then he wanted to watch it again, but by the third and fourth time he watched it, he had questions. Mm. Right, it's a lot to process. Yeah, yeah but but I didn't. I wanted him to ask questions. I didn't want. Yeah. I didn't want him to. I didn't want to stop him and go. Do you know what that means? This is what we got. We go in. back to what we talked about earlier in this. You know, in this interview, you were talking about that where you want him to ask questions. Of course, because yeah. as we know, you shape your child's mind. As a parent, you shape your child's mm. mind. Children are taught behaviours. They're, they're learnt mm. behaviours, they're taught. Why am I, as much as I've been through that situation, why am I pushing fear or something onto mm. my kid let him ask the question. I can answer it in, in the right manner. Mm -hmm. Where is not thought out. Yeah. And it's just organic. It's on his It's on his line. terms. It's on his terms. Yeah. It's not on my terms. It's on his terms. Yeah, there's a lot. I think that like as a rule in parents, not obviously with this specific situation necessarily, but it's an example of it, we, 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 we force things on the kids. Mm. Don't we? And I'm not saying that I don't do that. Mm. I'm not saying I don't because mm. there's probably a situation where my my wife will be watching this guy and well, hold on a minute, you've done this, you've done that. So <laughs> that always come up with something. That's exactly. their job. <laughs> like, like, my, my, my wife probably, my wife, I know, not probably, she, I'm, my patience with the kids sometimes mm. is short and she says that to me, you need to work on that. You know? Um, but again, I'm learning mm. as a parent. We all are. But one learning. thing that I'm conscious of is implement like imposing my thought processes without them having an understanding through their own mind first. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that the landscape of discrimination football has got better? No. Think it's as bad or worse? I, th I think it's. I'm, I'm. I'm involved in conversations and have been since the mm. documentary um, with social media companies and it's almost like banging your head on this yeah, or banging it on the wall. It's, and you realise very, very quickly football's a problem. As long as it's not just the social media companies, mm. football's a problem. Yeah. And I was in the, the wider picture, the wider um, scale of football versus football against racism on social media. Mm. So we're talking like big zooms with every football entity, not clubs, but every footballing body, Premier League, EFL, so on and so on. Um, Ex-players in there, but no players who play. Mm. Um, and the social media companies. And now I'm in these conversations and I'm watching, I'm literally before my eyes watching Twitter, Instagram, playing two big entities off each other to take to take the onus away from them in this conversation yeah you know and and i won't say who who it who it was but 
I was asked to come and speak to give my my um, version of events and how social media affected me. Yeah. To give my testimony on how it affected me. But I was quickly told, basically, tell your testimony and that's it. Like once you've told your testimony, like that's it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, but what if there's something that's being said by Twitter or Instagram that I don't like? Mm, and yeah. by the way, I live it. Is it better yeah. to come from me than, than than you guys? Yeah. So I just said to the person, I said, yeah, okay, no problem. Going in the mindset with, if I hear something, I don't know, I'm speaking. Yeah. Which is what happened. And they tried to, the, the social media companies, as I said, played the two two big ones off of mm. each other, which almost killed the conversation. But but when they said, oh, anyone got anything to say? Last thing to say, I just came and I went, listen, I've heard this, I've heard that. These are stuff that I agree with. This is stuff that I don't agree with. But one thing I don't understand, Twitter and Instagram, is how comes us as footballers and us as blue ticks, we have a responsibility to speak a certain way on your on your platform by our governing bodies mm -hmm. or whatever is, say for instance, if you're an influencer, if you speak out of turn about something, that hundred grand deal that you've got may be gone. Yeah. How comes there's, there's, um, how comes we've got responsibilities like that, but every other user doesn't? Yeah. That I can't comprehend. No. But I also know that you've got the tools to eradicate it. No, we haven't. We haven't. Yes, you have. Explain to me, Anton, why you think that. I said, well, when I'm writing a tweet or I'm writing an email, or I'm writing a text, how come you can predict what I'm saying? Mm. How can you predict? How can you predict my sentence? To present to, to predict my my sentence, you must understand. You have to first. You have to understand yeah. the context, the context of what I'm tweeting, and how I'm tweeting it, to predict it. Yeah. So how comes when the word monkey, black, whether it's discriminatory against a woman, ironing, kitchen, mm. is in a sentence or a paragraph, how comes you can't put that in context and say that's the wrong context that, for that to be tweeted? And just like if you go over 160 characters, you cannot physically tweet, press the tweet button. If the context of a tweet is wrong, you should not be able to physically mm. be or able we, to tweet Or even it. in question doesn't even need to be 100% accurate. But they even can if do there's 100%. like a 50%, yeah, of course they can. But even if it's even if it's suggesting exactly. that, just, just block it mm. and they can rephrase it. Exactly. If they're innocent, they'll just rephrase it. Exactly. It's no, it's no trouble. Exactly. It's, yeah. You know, and, and then you, then because I, I saw in that moment of that first Zoom call that football was a big problem in this, I ended up creating my own, um, because Twitter and Instagram said, Anton, can we speak to you privately? And I said, yeah, of course you can. And off the back of that, I ended up creating my own group, but it was player-led. Mm. It weren't football governing body-led, it was player-led. Yeah. yeah. Because we're the ones who have to deal with it. And these guys ain't asking us, like, what do we think? They're going ahead and having conversations. But they're not experienced. Then they, they might experience, but not to our level. Yeah. I, I don't know this is out of turn, but maybe... Um, you know, an unfair thought. But is there an element that the social media companies and the governing bodies of of football ultimately don't care, like because they're not living it, and and you know they obviously you know they'll be called out if they don't pay kind of lip service to it. But are they really interested in in solving the problem? No, I as don't, long as I people don't are paying to are. come in the stadiums, I don't, and, I don't think they are. And the reason why I don't think they are, and I'll put I'll put context of why I think that before anyone starts to judge me um, everyone says in football racism is at the top of our list to eradicate mm. because it's horrendous and we've seen it ruin people but the actions are nowhere near the same mm -hmm. example how can you get an 18-month ban for betting, but four to six games or four to eight games for a racial slur. That tells you I don't. We don't really want to get rid of it. Mm. 
just like the social media companies, they will never eradicate it because it's, they make too much money off yeah, of it. Yeah, it's all money. It's yeah. all monetary value. When there's a when there is a a tweet or a post that's got discrimination in it, all these advertising advertising companies they bid and pay to be around that that mm. tweet. Maybe not like there and then, but mm. obviously there's contracts yeah, yeah. with with, with advertised with uh, different brands, and whoever pays the most goes around where there's most traction. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, right. Discrimination is one of the biggest forms of of um, frenzy yeah. on social media platforms. Where are you going to get the most traction? Yeah. Where are people going to see the most Nike ticks? The Nike sign, the Adidas mm-hmm. sign, the Reebok sign. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Who's gonna, yeah. Where are they going to see Manscaped? Yeah. Or whatever it is. It could be anything. Yeah. Well, I think what frustrates me is the amount of money that we're talking on these platforms mm. and, and in the business of football. There is so much money. I don't care what you do, throw money at it and sort the sort it out. Cool. But what chance have we got when your own government are coming out and saying, like Pretty Patel come out and said, people should be able to say what they want. It's freedom of speech. Say what you want. Mm. When that stuff was happening in Euro in the Euro 2012, when they're talking about people booing and knee and that. Yeah. Boo it. Like she basically saying, yeah, boo, it's fine to boo. Mm. As a brown woman. Yeah. By the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what I don't I'm not sure if people know, but I'll say it now. The online harms bill that's come that that they're pro sent at the moment, Rishi Sunak's taken a major part of it out, which is to protect protect people. Yeah. And he wants to take it out. But why why? <laughs> that I don't know. But do you know why? Because I don't have conversation with people who mm. live in. Yeah. I don't want because I don't want the harsh truths. They're doing this because they want votes. Yeah. Mm. Do, do you think it will ever get better? I mean, obviously, the ideal is that it's eradicated. eradicated. Do you ever think it will even just get a bit better? I sit here with hope, mm. and I think as the generations come up, like the generations now, are more brazen to openly speak about and 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 shut down certain things you know like when I was younger if my dad said something that I didn't like I wouldn't go like that don't say that mm. just it just wasn't the thing to do whereas now like fast forward like how old are my the sisters are twins 21 right my sisters are twins they're 21 fast forward 21 years like one of them's um, one of them's openly gay mm-hmm if my dad says something that he shouldn't do or if I said something that I shouldn't do or Rio said something, she's quick to go, why are you saying that? Mm. So they educate us. They educate mm, us. Yeah. They're, more, they're more open to educate the older generation. So I think as we go and they're more brazen to speak out and speak up. So I think as generations go, if we, the people that are involved at the, at the top level, pass on the button the button in the right way and I think we've got an opportunity for it mm. to be a lot better yeah 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 I can see that and w- with your your football you know your football club are you you're teaching these terms you are you know you're making sure that every, these every every child every family forget the child every family who's associated to Ferdinand Football Group will have a voice through me yeah 100% and why it needs to be player-led for these things is because as players, we can also protect people that don't have blue ticks. Because mm. it's, it's, it's not just about us with blue ticks, it's about society as a whole. Yeah. But until they start protecting us, how can, they, how, yeah. how can we even attempt for them to protect society? Just yeah. a normal body on the street who ain't got a blue tick, who gets abused, by yeah. the way. And is closer to committing suicide yeah. than, than maybe someone with a blue tick. Yeah. It has, it has to be player-led because they're the ones that are on the walls of the kids' bedrooms. Yep. They're exactly. the ones that people are listening to. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you who's the, involved in the governing bodies or, you know, who, we mm-hmm. don't know. We see you lot. We see you guys. Exactly. Uh, you know, week in, week out on our screens. You're the ones that Ted's talking about saying, oh, I saw Saka do X, Y, Z this yeah. week. We need Saka and the lie. I'm not calling out, I'm an Arsenal fan, we're not yeah. calling him out. But You'd never know. 
Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> this is our season to shout, right? Yep, <laughs> We're gonna exactly. <laughs> um, if this was last year or the year before, you wouldn't be speaking with this I passion. Wouldn't. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, let's come on to that in a minute. I want to ask your opinion. But, um, but the, you know, Adam Misaka's great as well. He's a fantastic role model from everything that we've seen. But we need him and the others and everyone else to, like you say, to be that player-led... Yep you know, to talk about this this issue and not just racism, it's, it's wide discrimination. But um, just, sorry, just touch on that point there, right? I've played and now I don't play. I understand why players whilst playing don't come out and speak. Mm. I get it, I understand. But I sit here today as someone retired and thinking, why aren't you speaking? Yeah. But I get both sides of the coin. Yeah. Example, like we talk about... Um, when England went to Hungary and all week Gareth Southgate and the players were going if we hear one bit of racism we're walking off the pitch mm. I know full well as a player I'm not walking off the pitch mm. we're not conditioned to do that no. we're, there, we're going to battle it's war we're yeah. going to battle Let's, the way to shut them up is to go and win the game Yeah, that's how we can but I now sit here and go no you've got to walk off Yeah, but I understand yeah. that mind set and that thought process mm. there is also the cancel culture around it you of know, course someone steps up and speaks out and all of a sudden they lose 50,000 followers exactly. or whatever exactly. it is and I was going on to that so now we're in the game and there's racial abuse being being heard from all over the place within the stadium kids as young as 10 shouting it the FA delegates are sitting in that stadium mm. Why an FA delegate or the main person of the FA coming downstairs and saying, Gareth, I can hear it. You and the boys ain't going out on that pitch. And us as a, and, and us as a framework, us as an association, we will take the hit. Because it's hard for like, it's hard for a player mm. on their own to, if, if Gareth Southgate, and I know Gareth Southgate went around and asked, is everyone comfortable? And if any of you ain't comfortable going back out, Please tell me, and we won't be going back out on the pitch. No players putting their hand up. Yeah. Especially if they're on their own. No chance. Because what's going to happen? Facts are, dressing rooms talk. Mm. That player, everyone's going to know it was him that said, I don't want to go out no more. I don't want to go out for the second half. What do you think is going to happen to that player? Mm. It's going to get abused. Mm. That's what's going to happen. God, it's like being back at the it's school, isn't it? Yeah. But you know that's what's going to happen. Whereas why don't the frameworks of the FA, you can't abuse that. You can abuse it, but it's not emotionally attached to somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not personally getting abused. Yeah. Well, they're being protected. Exactly. If Raheem Sterling come out and I don't want to go back on the pitch and it come out as him, you've got to think of the ramification. Him, his wife, his siblings, yeah. his children, they're all getting it. His parents, they're all getting it. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Probably his club. Exactly. They're all getting it. Cry. So wow. I think the FA of... Premier League clubs, if they they should be the ones to go, do you know what? Let, let's make a stand, get off the pitch. Yeah. They should be the ones doing it. Or the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Premier League delegates are at every Premier League game every week. Racism, no, no, get the players off the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. It should be. Could you imagine as well? I mean, it would make such an impact. Of course yeah, it will. It would make a huge Globally, impact. Well. I mean, that's I mean, it. It's, it, makes a, it, it makes a stand. And you know, and you, and you know if, if, if it's the Premier League and the FA, you know, it's the biggest organisations in football, really, exactly. you know, across the world. You know, people in the States. It's the most recognisable figurehead in yeah. terms of that. The Premier League sign yeah. is the most recognisable worldwide, yeah. mm. by the way. Yeah. Well, Okay. That tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. If it all of a sudden made a stand, that's sending shockwaves yeah. across the world. Well, let's hope that yeah. someone gets this to them. <laughs> you know I what think, I mean? I think this is why I'm never involved in 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 probably the decision making table on any of these entities that I'm talking about. Mm. It's probably because it's something that they don't probably don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah, but you're real about it. That's the whole point. You've lived it. You've been right. there. Exactly. You, and, Post, and it you know, goes back to, although you can't, you might not know the feeling of my my living experience, but when it's put in the right way, in the right context, 
and you're open, you can try and understand mm. it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, listen, how can, how can someone who's never been racially abused make a decision for somebody who is? Yeah. Yep. That's why it's, it's, in, it's ridiculous. It comes back to being player led. It has to be player led. Get, get and, brothers on. And the people that are at the, the people that are at the decision making table who are ethnic minorities who have been racially abused when they played are it now come down to are you the right person mm. in that position? Or are you conditioned to the system? Which is a system that's been put in place to keep people, to keep us quiet. Mm. Systematically, to mm. keep us quiet, I will put so-and-so in mm. there who's been racially abused, who to, put, to, be, to be the face of it. Yeah. But essentially, he's controlled by the money that he's now receiving because he didn't receive yeah. that money before. Yeah. Some of them earn more money now than they did when they played football. So yes. you got you got to understand it. You're, ne you're never going to mess up your bag. Because mm. all of a sudden now, you've gone from going to, to Butlins to now you can go to Dubai. Mm. And your kids are having an unbelievable, unbelievable life. So I understand it. I get it. Mm. But we're getting to a place now where footballers are earning astronomical amounts of money. And when they do retire, they don't need mm. that money involved. in that job. Yeah. But because you don't need that money to get in that, because you don't need that money because you, you've set up right, still go into it because now you can't be yeah, it persuaded. Matter. You can't be governed. Owned. You can't be controlled. Controlled. Yeah. And right now, my personal opinion, there's too many people, sorry, in higher place and, and that are, if you are lucky enough to win the decision-making table, they're controlled. Mm. Like, you look at the, the guy who was head of FA who got done for, who got sacked because he used the word coloured. Mm. That tells you the corridors, you're not just going to say coloured just on a whim, that's that's part of your vocabulary. That means you say you've said that mm. on numerous occasions. Mm. And by the way, it's not don't mean that. It's, yeah, it's wrong today. But when he was growing up, that was the terminology that was used. But who in there is educating him? Yeah, mm. you telling me he's not walked down the, walked down a corridor and some someone's heard him say, "Oh yeah, oh, that that coloured person." Pardon? No, no, we don't we don't mm. we don't speak like that no more. Yeah, yeah. Who? But the reason why that person who's been racially abused whilst playing football, ain't educating that, but no. ain't educating him because don't want to mess up his paper. Yeah. yeah, It's factual. But this is what it comes around to though, I think that sometimes, you know, if you are older, you need to be educated by the now because that's a great thing. And it actually comes back round to, to your, you know, your football where you're, it, it's, it's the Ferdinand group is always, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So with, with your footballing, your coaching and everything like that, you are now coaching a whole package. Yeah. You know, you're educating about racism. You're educating about social skills. But it isn't colour-led. It's if you're good enough, you're good enough. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the whole package. Yes. It's not just about football. It's no. not just about you want to be a professional footballer. You know, no. this is, you're going to get, as you're going to get everything. You're going to get life skills. You're going to get life you're gonna skills. Get, you're going to get skills that you can take into the business world. Yeah. Mm. You're going to get skills that you can take into being a father. Whatever it is that it is, whether it's being a dad, whether it's, whether it's being a parent, I should say, whether it's being a, a, a banker, whether it's being a dustbin man, whether it's being a postman, it's going to give you the fundamentals that you're going to try and be the best version of, that, of, of yeah. you yeah. every day. Yeah. And they're all going to have kids. Well, a lot of them are going to end up having kids and raising their kids. Exactly. And they need to have, regardless of your job and career and all of that as well, you, you've got to be able to raise your children with the right morals, asking the right questions. Of course. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a knock-on effect. It's strange because we had Ollie Ollerton, who was, is in the SAS uh, TV show, and he's very much, his, his sort of grinding was very much like this as well, social skills. It's not about being able to run 400 miles up a hill or anything like that. No. It's, it's about making sure, it's determination. Of course. It's, and I think... It's little things. Mm. When you shake someone's hand, you look in their eyes. Yeah. Don't it's basics. Shake, don't, yeah, don't shake someone's hand and look at the floor. Yeah. Mm. 
But this, I mean, oh, I don't know. I'm going to go down. We're always going down. Go down the rabbit hole here. <laughs> this, my, this is the, this is this is where I, as you know, founder of that. This is where I do think that fatherhood or parenthood is the answer to a lot of these things because mm. it's you know you're as much as you're focusing on what well, you said it earlier. Actually, you said forget the boys, forget the, the kids. Actually, it's the family. That's where the power to change society is. You know, if, if, if the parents are educated, the parents are raising kids the right way, with the right morals, the right ethics, the, you know, the right social skills, then they're going to come up. And then the people who are running the country in 10 years' time are not going to take out the, exactly. the important part of the bill that's coming through. And, that's, and that is where... But our, our, our society and our system over here ain't built up to create mm. people to fend for themselves. No. Oh, but, but not, not fend for themselves, to not to be able to rely on themselves. Yeah. The system here is built for you to rely on the system. Yeah. yeah. And, and they want that to get worse. Of yeah. course they do. But that's what I'm, that's, that's, that's where we're failing. Yeah. How can we stand on our own two feet when everything we learn, everything that's put into us is solely to rely on the state? Yeah. But when other countries are doing it the other way, it's a problem. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. When countries in the Middle East are setting their children up to be leaders or setting their children up to to understand about mortgages, good debt, bad debt, what your bank account should look like. Mm. But we're wrong yeah. and they're right. It's funny that I heard this recently about the Middle East. <laughs> oh, this I won't say who it was because it will, it will tarnish it. <laughs> But there, there was um, Middle East gets a lot of flack from the West. You know, it's it's you know controlling women and all of this kind. Of, there's a lot of kind mm -hmm. of really negative. I mean, look at Qatar World Cup. You know, it was yeah. everyone was really negative, and of course there were negative elements to that. But actually, as an as a as a country, it's a really good place to live. You know, they've got this the right way around building your life, like you said. Um, not fend not fending for yourself, but but being able to stand on your own yeah. two feet, not relying on the state and morals, of your course. own morals. Like you grow up and you know that's wrong, so I'm not going to do it. And example, right? Using the Middle East, using Qatar, using Saudi Arabia as examples. Qatar got so much stick, and there's stuff that happened I don't agree with. Let's put that out there mm. now. There's a lot of stuff that I don't agree yeah. with, but. I've had arguments, not arguments, discussion with people where, you, like you say, it's education again. When you look at it, they're not saying you can't come here because you're, you're gay. They don't say that. But we just don't want to see public affection. Mm. But they don't like that from married couples either, mm. by the way, men and women. They don't like that. If you're married... They don't want to see public affection. They don't want to see PDA. Mm. It's not just because you're homosexual. It's not because yeah. you're, you're, you're gay. That's yeah. not the problem. Saying still come, but respect our rules. Yeah. Over here in England, when a migrant or, or whoever comes to the country who isn't white British, if they don't conform to the way that... That we do it. We do. What's the first thing that gets said? Yeah. Fuck off back to your own country. Yeah. What is the difference? Please tell me. Yeah. What 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 is the actual difference? And, and the other the other element of that is like you know about the PDA thing as well. You, you know, I've got a daughter. You've got a daughter, we've all got daughters, right? When they mm -hmm. hit sixteen, seventeen, and they start, oh, we're going to go out and whatever else, and they dress in the mini skirt, try and dress in the mini yeah. skirt and the boobs out, and we're all this. What's the first thing we as dads are going to say? Ah. Uh -uh. Exactly. You cover it. You're not going go out upstairs like that. and get dressed. Get, so, get changed. So we're criticising them as we don't, you know, know. Actually, it's fine when we see it on the TV yeah. and we all have a have an ogle. But actually, when it's our own daughters exactly. or sons, you know, exactly, we, we actually, uh, my morals is you're not going out like that because you need to have self respect. Yeah. And, same thing. And then you go to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia's newly opened to the West. What is it? Two years, mm. two and a bit years open to the West. They've had. Two Grand Prix, they've had what three big fights over yes. there. Mm. How many people have come back from them events and said how bad it is over there? Mm. Yeah, they how do many? properly there, don't they? What, 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 it, did, what did what did John Fury say the other day after after um, his son won the fight? Normally, he takes his top off. 
But he understood and realised that people in there would be offended by that. Yeah. So let me respect the culture. Mm. But the reason why I'm going to respect the culture because the way they've treated me and my family, mm. I've never seen anything like it. But is it any different to just you popping around in my house and me saying, can you take your shoes off? Exactly. There's no difference. <laughs> so can you take your top off? <laughs> <laughs> but, there is no, but there is no different. Uh, no. Well, no, that's allowed in my house. Sorry, it's fine. <laughs> but, but it's true though. It is true. Yeah. It, it is. is true. It's just your it's own just doorstep, isn't it? It's just different ways of looking at it. Mm. Yeah. But if, if, if the East was really as bad as what we're told, you can't go to these events and be, it be hidden. Mm. You will see it all. And people yeah. will come back and it'll be word of mouth. Yeah. Come back. I wouldn't go there. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, let's talk, when we're talking about women, you ask any woman who went to Qatar World Cup, it's the safest day you've ever felt. Mm-hmm. You've got to go there, haven't you? You've got to, you've got to experience oh, it. God. Exactly. There's a reason that TripAdvisor is a really good thing, all right? <laughs> I, I You're trying to get like... a sponsorship. Yeah. No, no. Although I'm, I'm uh, going to yeah. put it out there. Um, we, should, we should pitch to Guitar, to be honest. Um, I think we need to wrap up. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I feel like I could put the world to rights sat here with you all day, but we're all busy. Well, yeah. especially busy. Um, but before you do go, I do want to just tap into your punditry as, as a floating <laughs> Arsenal fan coming out of a weekend. Obviously, this will go out a little bit later, but coming back from a 2 0. Uh, you know, down and, and 3-2 um, at home to Bournemouth. Do you think Arsenal can do it this season? I think I think they can. I think this is their year. I think when you look at it, um, the Villa game and the game Saturday against Bournemouth, yeah. they just know how to win at the moment. And Man City are dropping points. Yeah. Man uh, um, United dropped points heavily on the weekend as well. So, um, I think it's yours to lose now. I know, but, but that, the, that's but, the pressure. But yeah. that is the pressure. And, and, but your problem is you're up against a team who's used to getting 100 points yeah. per season. You ain't. Mm. That's the difference. But you've got a manager and a young team that has so much passion, especially from the manager. It all comes from the manager. Mm. His passion, his vision, his philosophy is Pep-esque. Mm. And Pep's used to Getting hundred points a year. Yeah. I, I saw the um, Pet this meme, and it was Pet was getting fed up with um, not having any competition. So he, he got yep. he gave he Zinchenko got, and yeah, and then gave Jesus. Zinchenko and Jesus over. And now he's got some competition. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Yeah, well, I think once and for sure, you're not getting any more players out of, out of Man City. No fact. No, won't happen. I feel like it's uh, personally as an Arsenal fan, you feel like it's it's, it's ours to lose this season, but also if it's not this season. I don't think it's going to be for another few years. Do you want to just quickly tell Anton what happened in the last game? Because you didn't actually go to the last game, did you? Because you and uh, you and your son always go. We've got season tickets. So yeah. you didn't go, This this, which was an epic game. What what happened? <laughs> so Jen took him. So Al's wife. And um, <laughs> they left early. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, we've all done it though. We've, we've all, done, all it. done it. I've done it actually with Ted before, but I, I, I would, I mean, I say this, I don't know in hindsight, you never know what I would have done at the time, but I, at two all, when you feel like, right, come on, let's really go for it. The crowd's going. Yeah. Probably, I feel like I would have stayed. There's also an element of maybe you shouldn't go again and your wife should Oh yeah. yeah. Well, this so is the thing. The we watched all the England games with, with Jen and we had some friends around. Everyone we watched, actually, this was last season as well when we lost 2-0 to Tottenham, uh, 3-0 to Tottenham. We, um, she was in. She was always watching the game. So I've actually never watched the game with her, and we've won England or Arsenal. So then yesterday, um, two days ago, when she was there, I thought, oh god, this isn't going to go. Well. <laughs> it's you, Jen. You're the problem. And it was, and then, cl- it was close. Well, as well, you could argue that actually they scored the winner when she left. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. exactly and that's a great point to leave it exactly. on shall we um, Anton uh, this has been absolutely amazing honestly one of my favourite interviews we've done mm, and I you. don't and I will verify this mm, I don't you. say that very often we never honestly, do an hour with people so no, sorry about that fascinating no everything you've talked about um, and good luck with the business as well cheers thank you very much and seriously thank you so much for talking to us wow. thank you for having us loved it yeah, absolutely thank loved it yeah we'll drop some links as well so if people want to yeah. find out more they, they can yeah. find it in the description but yeah, I mean, what what you don't know <laughs> after that interview is that Anton stayed for another ninety minutes yeah. in the office in the studio with us, and we just chatted about 
ev- like everything, everything, fatherhood, um, the businesses, the Middle East taking over the world. Like honestly, we, we just it was it was like not. We, I, I didn't want to get rid of him, but we could have been here all day. And uh, we actually want to get him back in to talk about fatherhood because we were talking about some amazing stuff. Mm. And it's also with fatherhood, you just want to know that everyone else is going through it. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, parenting in general. Yeah. And he was telling some great stories and 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 just his philosophy on being a father being a parent was really really powerful and really interesting so we need to get him back on uh, ASAP yeah because that 90 minutes (laughs) I was like oh why aren't we recording this (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same in fact we probably just should have pressed record we should have no one would have known we should have but what what an amazing guy and Anton thank you very much for for chatting to us Um, right that's it for today it is don't forget to rate download follow subscribe share and tell all your buddies about the JKNL podcast because uh, we want to get more guests like I feel energised mm. from, from this yeah. today I feel really energised so please do just help us continue to grow um, and then you know we'll just keep inviting guests on and uh, and asking them whatever's going on go and see what that battery is and that smoke alarm go and change it yeah, I think it means it's uh, dangerous have a good week a Dad's Net original podcast